This morning we conclude our series in the book of Psalms as we've been looking at how the Psalms cover all the seasons of our lives and we've been looking at some of the key and, uh, Psalms that help us understand uh, or get a better understanding of the whole book. Kind of sad to see the series end, so we may do... Uh, we may do Psalms for the All Seasons 2.0 after the first of the year and do, do some more uh, of these. But to this morning, we're going to kind of overlap the, the series that is concluding with the new season that we're entering, and that is this season of Thanksgiving. To guide us through that, I want to invite your attention to Psalm 100. Psalm 100. Savannah's already referred to it and we're going to look into it a little bit more in depth together as we think about giving thanks with a whole heart giving thanks with a whole heart and we are going to camp out at Psalm 100 but uh, while you're turning there I want to show you real quick Psalm 9 and verse 1 Psalm 9 and verse 1 says I'll give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. And when I read that, I'm challenged a little bit because I don't know, I don't know that I adequately express gratitude with a whole heart very often. You know, usually I, I get in my routine and I'm, I'm pulled in this direction and that direction and there's always somebody who needs something and, and I'm just running and going and, and then all of a sudden I look up and it's November again, and it's already Thanksgiving again. Okay, stop. Thank you, God. Where's the turkey? Let's go. Christmas is around the corner, and Advent starts the next week, and I'm back into the routine, and I'm being pushed and pulled. And This verse in these few words challenges me. And if it challenges me, I thought perhaps it might challenge someone else in the room. Do we adequately, do we really give thanks to the Lord with a whole heart? I think sometimes mine is more half-hearted, hurried-hearted, if there's such a thing. Kind of a glance of gratitude instead of a whole heart of thanksgiving. So I need help trying to figure out how to make all that come together and, and how to more effectively thank God with my whole heart. And so I'm glad we have Psalm 100 because Psalm 100 helps us understand and experience a wholehearted giving of thanks. Now, you'll be glad to know that the first message that I prepared this week is not the one we're going to do because the first message that I prepared this week wound up with 14 points. <laughs> really, it's two points, but each of those points has, has a list of seven. So there were 14 points. So instead of sharing that message with you, what I've done is print that up in a handy-dandy handout and they're available for you on the tables as you leave. I think it might be helpful to some for kind of a personal devotional guide. Some may want to use it as a life group discussion guide. Um, 
but, uh, but you'll have that available to you. Uh, the two main points of that, of that message are the seven motives for thanksgiving and the seven methods for thanksgiving, all from Psalm 100. We find seven reasons to, be, to, to give him thanks, and we find seven ways to do that. And that's all spelled out for you in that handout. I invite you to grab one as you leave in just a little bit. But for now, let's simplify it into just three or four points, all right? In this text, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness and come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who makes us and we are his we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give, him, give thanks to him, bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. You may have noticed as well that this is one of the, the psalms that has a title. Not all psalms do, but this one does. It's entitled, The Psalm for Giving Thanks. And the interesting thing is, while many of the psalms help us express gratitude to God, this is the only one with that title. The only one that says, A Psalm for Giving Thanks. And so we often return to it at this time of year because it does help walk us through this thankful experience. A couple of weeks ago, uh, we were looking at a different psalm, and I referred to a group of psalms that were called the enthronement psalms or the majesty psalms, where we picture, we, we see God on his throne. The psalm refers to him as a king, and basically that's Psalm 93 through 100. This is the last of those enthronement psalms, those majesty psalms. And so as we read through it, picture him as in his role as the king of all kings, sitting on his heavenly throne. And in verse 1, we are told to make a joyful noise to him. Make a joyful noise to Yahweh. And that, that instruction goes to all the earth. Everyone make a joyful noise to the Lord. And so the first thing that we learn in, in Psalm 100 about how we can give thanks with a whole heart is to shout to the Lord. Now, I know that makes some of us traditional Baptists very uncomfortable. But friends, it's there. And I understand that we want to make sure that people don't think that we're those people who clap and shout and jump the pews we, we, we so often form what we do to make sure people know who we are and that we're not somebody else. So I want to just encourage you, we're not going to stand and shout this morning, but at the same time, don't allow your, your uneasiness about public expression of worship, don't allow that to hinder your enthusiasm. From within your heart. This is a whole heart giving thanks. 
from deep within your heart, there should be that enthusiasm that might be expressed as a shout. It might be expressed as an amen. It might be expressed as hands raised. It, it might be expressed as, uh, as an enthusiastic uh, singing, as, uh, as a spoken word. There are all kinds of ways to enthusiastically worship him. The word says very clearly, and by the way, it says it many times throughout the book of Psalms, to shout unto the Lord. Let there be some kind of enthusiasm that comes from deep within. You think of how many ways he has blessed you, and then from the depths of your being, you proclaim his praise. Whatever that looks like in your life. I read recently about a medical missionary who served for many years in India. He served a, a, in, a, in a unique region, a, a unique people group there in India. And they were experiencing what he called a progressive blindness. So that many of the people in this people group, as they went from uh, childhood to, uh, to adolescence into adulthood, as, as they grew, their eyes progressively got worse until many of them were blind uh, as middle-aged adults. And this doctor was able to figure out what the problem was, and he knew that he could fix it. And so as part of his mission work among this people group, he started doing this operation. And over time, he basically eradicated the right, problem, this people group. Well, as each one would come in, they would have the, the surgery, and then they knew that from now on they would be able to see, and they wouldn't go blind like so many of their neighbors had. But none of those people ever said thank you. And the missionary explained that the reason for that is that in their dialect, they just didn't have that word. There just wasn't a way for them to say the words, thank you. But instead, they would often say a word that meant, I will tell your name. In other words, when the doctor had helped them make sure that they were going to have their eyesight, they would say to him, I will tell your name. And then they would and they would go and tell other people, this doctor has restored my sight. This doctor has protected me from this progressive blindness. And folks, I think that that may be the best way for us to wholeheartedly give thanks. Is to shout to the Lord all the earth. To say, my God has done these things for me. To say to him, I will tell your name. I want people to know what you've done in my life. Suddenly you realize that God has been so good to you that you can't keep it inside anymore. And so from the depths of your being, you shout your joy unto the Lord. He says, make a joyful noise to the Lord. In the second verse, he says, serve the Lord with gladness. And that is the, the second way that we can wholeheartedly thank God by serving the Lord. Let me ask you a very personal question and don't answer this out loud. 
when you serve at the church or in the community, do you do what you do so others will be grateful? Here's how you can tell if that's the case or not. Do you get your feelings hurt if the pastor doesn't say thank you? Do you get your feelings hurt if the rest of the committee doesn't appreciate the time you put in? Do you get frustrated that folks around you don't understand all that you've done? You see, I think a lot of us live in that place. And if we do what we do so people will be grateful, then we're really not serving the Lord. We're just making sure that people know we've done something. And it winds up kind of erasing that out of our account. Jesus said it another way in the Sermon on the Mount. He said, don't be like the people who give and make sure everybody sees that they're giving so they can get attention. Don't be like the person that stands out on the street corner and prays so everybody will recognize their prayer. He says, they have their reward. So you see, friends, if we do what we do to get attention from each other, that's the only reward we get. And it's done. But if we do what we do as a way of expressing our gratitude to God, then not only is he, not only is, is he edified, not only, he, he's glorified, he's worshiped, it also expresses our gratitude and it puts us in a right relationship with him. You serve the Lord as a way of saying, God, I'm grateful to you. I do this because of who you are. And when we do that, then we're able to serve with gladness. Have you ever known anybody who served the community or served the church and they were grumpy about it the whole time? That's because their motive was, everybody see what I'm doing? And you'll always be disappointed if that's your motive, always. He says, serve the Lord with gladness. You see, we get to experience that joy when we serve as a way of saying, thank you. I'm doing what I'm doing because you've done what you've done already. And I can't do enough to say thank you. And then there is that gladness that comes, that joy that is developed. So serve the Lord with gladness. Our motivation is simply to serve him out of gratitude. And when we do that, we can do it gladly. The third thing he tells us that, that will enable us to, to be thankful with a whole heart. He says in verse 2, serve the Lord with gladness. Then he says, come into his presence with singing. Now notice when he, and these are commands by the way. Notice when he tells us to sing to the Lord. There are no caveats. There are no exceptions. There's no space in here for singing to the Lord unless you don't think you sing good. Sing to the Lord. If you're worried about whether or not you sing well, that means you're paying attention to the wrong audience. You're worried about what the neighbor's going to think about your singing. Instead of worried about, am I singing to the Lord? You have an audience of one when you sing his praise. When you really worship, 
you are focused on him. Sing to the Lord. Come into his presence with singing. This psalm is, uh, is often, even to today, this psalm is often used in synagogue as a call to worship. There was a time when they understood that God's presence was physically, literally in the temple building. And so as they would enter the temple, then they would say to one another, come into his presence with singing. Today they use it in synagogues and many churches use this on a very regular basis, calling the people into worship. Serve the Lord with gladness and come into his presence with singing. There is something about music that enables us to connect to him and come into his presence. He's not looking for a concert. He's asking for praise. He hears your heart in the song, not your voice. So he calls us all to sing out of devotion, not talent. In the early 1700s, Isaac Watts wrote some of the great hymns of the church, like, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross, Joy to the World. Isaac Watts wrote a lot of those that that mean so much to us. He also wrote one that is not quite as well known as those, called, Come We That Love the Lord. He wrote, come we that love the Lord and let our joys be known. Join in a song with sweet accord and thus surround the throne. Let those refuse to sing who never knew our God, but children of the heavenly king may speak their joys abroad. Sing unto the Lord. That's what his people do. Come to the Lord. Come in his presence with singing. Friends, if God has given you another day to live in his creation, if there is food on your table, if there are people who love you, if you're able to take another breath, you have reason to be grateful and to worship him through song. So we learn to give thanks with a whole heart. So he's given us three already. Now, have you noticed that all three of those commands involve happiness? Shout with joy, serve with gladness, come with singing. You see, I've learned that grateful people are generally happy. I've also learned that ungrateful people are generally grumpy. Grateful people are those who learn to worship and to, and to say thank you with a whole heart. And there's a joyful noise. There's serving with gladness. And there's coming into his presence with singing. And then he says to us, if you want to give thanks with a full heart, with a whole heart, know who he is and who you are. It turns out it's hard to thank someone when you don't know them. And it's hard to be grateful when you don't know yourself in relation to that one. You see, verse 3, know that the Lord, that is his name, Yahweh. Know that Yahweh, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people 
the sheep of his pasture. It is easier for us to give thanks with a whole heart when we recognize that we belong to him, when we recognize that he is our creator. He is God. We are not. He is the one who made us. We're his. We just get to be a part of his story. No wonder we would be grateful. It says that we are the sheep of his pasture. You know, I think a lot of us would rather be shepherds. A lot of us like to be the decision maker, the leader, the one in charge, the one who kind of controls the group and the, and the room. But the problem is, we don't know where the still waters and the green pastures are and every time we go out searching for them on our own, we wind up like the prodigal son in the far country. It is instead when we learn to trust in the shepherd. We're his people. We're his sheep. When we trust in him, he guides and we're grateful. You may remember the story of Alex Haley, the author of Roots. He has an unusual picture hanging in his office. And that picture is a, the picture of a turtle on top of a fence post. Have you seen a copy of that picture or heard that story? Turtle on top of a fence post. And every time somebody says, why is that there? He, he answers, every time I write something significant, every time I read my words and think they're wonderful, and begin to feel proud of myself, I look at the turtle on the top of the fence post and remember, he didn't get there on his own. He had help. We are the sheep of his pasture. We'll not get where we need to be on our own. And finally, we worship him and we are grateful to him with a whole heart when we come to him with thanksgiving. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Again, references to the temple where they knew they would meet him. Today for us, that is anywhere. When Jesus died on the cross, the veil that separated the Holy of Holies from the rest of the world was torn in two from top to bottom. God doing the work from the top, not man doing it from the bottom. The veil is torn from top to bottom and God now is accessible to all who believe and he is, as we know, omnipresent. He is everywhere, all the time. And so now we don't have to wait to enter his physical gates and his physical courts of the temple, but we can enter his presence at any time and we do so with thanksgiving and with praise. Savannah taught us not long ago that, that we thank him for what he does. We praise him for who he is. And we do that. We enter his presence with thanksgiving and praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. Why? For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. We enter into his presence with thanksgiving, with praise. When we do that, we are, we're in a position where we can give thanks with a whole heart. Shout to the Lord. Serve the Lord. Sing to the Lord. 
Know who he is and who you are. And then come to him with thanksgiving. This year, don't settle for a quick run through the holiday. Don't settle for just pausing with a glance of gratitude. But let us give to him thanksgiving with a whole heart.